time we put the San Antonio back in San Antonio Sports Talk. Wrapping up the weekend local sports and getting y'all ready for the weekend. This is the Friday Night Takeover. Here are your hosts, Rudy Campos Jr., Orlando Torres, and Joe Garcia. Well, we took over Friday night for a little while, but then we had some technical <laughs> difficulties. So we are back. We are using a different stream uh, than we were using a little while ago. Just uh, it happens. Like I said, internet app happens. Accidents happen and stuff. But we are back. Friday night takeover. Rudy Campos Jr., Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, Jonas Clark. And we're going to just hit right into uh, Pete Amon. We've been trying to get the uh, interview going for you guys. It's with Max Domenico. We should have no problems right now at all. So, again, this is uh, Brandon Damone from Along the Wire interviewing Max Domenico, who's the number one rated athlete in high school football for San Antonio out of uh, Clemson. So, here we go. Hey, what it do? It's your boy B. Damone from Along the Wire, and I am back on Friday Night Takeovers. This week, we have got a special guest, top 10 quarterback, top 10 athlete in San Antonio, Texas, Max Domenico, quarterback athlete for Samuel Clemens High School. What's going on, man? What's up? How you been doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yes, so, so uh, I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit of digging on the quarterback position in San Antonio. And of course, San Antonio has some elite athletes, which you yourself play safety as well as quarterback at Clemens. And if anybody's been paying attention, um, he is team smoke. And um, when you're out there, you're not at the quarterback position. So when you're trying to hone those other skills uh, to where people who don't know you so much for playing on the defensive side of the ball, how much pride do you take in that? And how does that make you a better player? Uh, yeah, my sophomore year, I started the first three games at safety. So, um, I mean, switching from safety to quarterback or vice versa, it's not that hard to me, but, um, I like it. It helps a lot, especially the footwork. It kind of, they go two and two, you know, I go work on footwork for DB and then it helps my hips for quarterback or other way around. So, um, doing the seven on seven at safety and safety only and a bit of linebacker, it really helps out with my lower half of my body for sure. Okay, awesome. And so, like you said, it helps you on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there some things that you take advantage of when you're quarterback? Because you don't just throw the ball. You're able to run and truck people and juke people and, you know, make some people look really bad. (laughs) If you check out Max's huddle, you will definitely see that. Um, So what are some of the – what are some of the pluses that that you take from playing defense as you use them in the in the quarterback position? Uh, definitely my reads, um, uh, pre-play and going through the play. Being on defense, I know a lot of the coverages and um, the schemes that the defenses do, so that helped a lot. Definitely switching from safety to quarterback, yes, sir. And also that can help out with with recruiting as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So when whenever people scroll scroll through San Antonio's players and quarterbacks, they 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 have no choice but to see your name. Um, but can you speak to as how playing both sides of the ball has made you a better player? Yeah, definitely. Um, recruiting wise, a lot of schools will talk to me. They'll ask me, uh, 
you know, some of them want me at just quarterback and a lot of them want me as an athlete. And so being able to play with both sides of the ball really helps uh, keep my opportunities open. And a lot of schools are talking to me as a safety linebacker, um, quarterback, running back. So it helps a lot for sure. Hey, the the uh, more you're able to do on the field, the more opportunities that you'll have at that at that next level. Yes, sir. So, talk a little bit about Clemens this this coming season. Um, you actually, um, y'all y'all won district last last year and had a nice run in the playoffs. What are what are some things that uh, y'all would need to do in order to make it further this year than than y'all did last year? Um, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. Definitely uh, a lot of our defense left, but the guys coming in are great. Um, we're going to be young. First few games, they're going to get learning experience and everything. But by district, I think it's going to be we're going to be hitting the road rolling. And uh, playoff wise, I mean, it's state or nothing this year for sure. I'm a senior. Uh, a lot of the guys in offense are seniors. So state or nothing. Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Max, will you give everybody your Twitter handle so we can make sure that they follow you? At Domenico Max, my last name, then my first name. All right. Hey, this has been B. Damone from Along the Wire with Max Domenico, the leader of the Clemens Buffaloes. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at B. Damone. Follow me on Instagram at B. Damone. Follow me on Facebook at Along the Wire Cast. And we are out. Hook them. Birds up. 210. That was that interview that we were talking about. Great interview by uh, Max Domenico of the Clemson Buffaloes. You know, that's the thing with the uh, with being called an athlete. I mean, there's a difference between just, hey, I'm the number one rated quarterback. I'm the number one rated safety. There's differences in that. But he's the number one rated athlete in San Antonio. As a quarterback, that benefits him that he actually is playing safety or even, I would say, DB in general because right. the offensive side. He can read defenses really well, like he said. He knows what's going to be. He knows the schemes. On the defensive side, he knows the little ticks and the little quirks that the quarterbacks actually do. So reading his eyes, seeing how players are developing, being that he's a safety, that's perfect for him. He can actually, he can obviously jump, you know, plays and, uh, you know, get in front of passes and all that stuff. So it, it benefits both sides. That's what makes him probably the biggest threat for any university recruiting him out there, being that he is that athletic person. Because he can play the offensive side, he can play the defensive side. That is a true benefit for anyone that is recruiting him. Guys, you know, with Maxi Domenico, last week we had Cannon Williams talk, you know, about the quarterback position. Maxi Domenico is no, I mean, he's a he's going to be a problem on the field as it oh is, yeah, you know, oh yeah. I I see, you know, like we talked about Cannon last week. We're talking about Max this week. I see big things coming from Max. I see him getting a lot of offers because of being that number one rated athlete in San Antonio. This is one guy where I would love to see stay, you know, in our own backyard, which if you did notice on his wall behind him, he did have, you know, the birds UTSA Jersey on the wall. So I'd love for UTSA to go out and get him. I think he would be a great addition to the squad, but as far as him being the number one athlete, what, what kind of, you know, I guess what kind of, uh, thoughts you have on that? I mean, this—it's th- huge to be an athlete altogether, and I think this is you know one kid that's going to be tremendous at that. So, Jonas, you know, as far as Max goes, I mean, I see him as a big problem. How do you see him? 
You know, I think that it's pretty obvious. You watch his film, you watch his and his highlights. It goes on, and I and you can go on. Like even if you just watch a two thir- two minute and thirty second clip on Twitter, there's a full version on YouTube. And and he, I mean, athlete describes the kid. He plays seven on seven with Team Smoke, like Brandon said. Um, and and just having that athletic versatility, I think it's huge when a quarterback is willing to, you know, you see it with maybe like wide receivers or running backs that'll play both sides of the ball, but a quarterback, cause like he, like Max got into where he describes how uh, it helps him to see and understand defenses just that much better. I understand that he's willing to do whatever it takes to get to that next level. And that shows hunger as well. Uh, you want to see that from an athlete again, that whole, whatever it takes mentality. And, I mean, hats off to him. He's already got – I mean, I know you want to keep him in the backyard. He's already been offered by UIW. Uh, Those offers are just going to keep coming in. We talked about it last week. Hopefully he's one of those athletes that gets to have his his senior year, one of those quarterbacks. His approach, he said it there right at the end, man. It's state or nothing for them. A lot of seniors on that roster, including himself, I want to see him go get work done. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about the UIW – uh, offer that he had so yeah stay in the backyard stay in our backyard man i mean he's got tremendous i think he if he's got ambitions and goals of going to the nfl obviously you want to go you know d1 you're high you know for d1 so utsa and stuff like that but i mean uiw is no joke either they've got a fantastic football program out there um orlando as far as max goes you know again same same question to you man we're both seeing him as a stud on the field how do you feel about it yeah, no, I feel the same way about it. And I like, you know, just hearing him talk, he's not so selfish. So kind of whatever the program wants to use him as, if, it, if it's a quarterback or on the defense or, or whatever they see him fit. Uh, I know he said he plays a little running back. He doesn't seem too selfish of where he ends up. You know, he wants to help the team win. Uh, wherever he lands, he definitely wants to help the Buffaloes win this season when it, with his comments of state or nothing. Uh, he's going to be a problem. And someone like that who's just focused – and able to adapt to the role, and who's also good at the at the role that they're put in, is trouble for everybody on the field. Got you, got you completely, Joe. How do you feel about the same thing? I mean, we got a stud right in front of our eyes here. Yeah, I do. I'm just kind of doing a little bit of uh, research on him, and it looks like he did get an offer from Incarnate Word. Uh, there's no uh, word yet that if he's accepted the offer, but Incarnate Word oh. has interest in him. Local, you know, maybe they're trying to keep him local here, which is good. He doesn't go to UTSA. Well, stay with UI, you know, University of the Incarnate Word. Yeah, but he's, I'm looking, he's smart. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah. No, I said, like, I was looking at, like, some of the things that he can do, and it's like he ran the, the 40 in 4.66 seconds. The shuttle he ran in 4.38 seconds. He has a vertical leap of 35.20 inches. He weighs 190 pounds, and he's about five foot ten. But actually looking at his highlights, the kid can move, man. He's quick. He can get out of the pocket. There was a, I saw some highlights where the play had broken down, defense had broken down, and there was nowhere for him to go. And he just was able to scramble, get out of trouble, uh, go ahead and juke a couple of his of these big, you know, linemen coming at him. And he was able just to get out there. And, and one one of the things that amazed me was he was not able just to get out of trouble and the quickness that he was able to do it with, but he was level-headed and he was calm, even when things were chaotic, uh, which is a, a true sign of a leader. 
you know? So even though yes. things can get hectic and chaotic on the field, he's going to be a solid leader in that huddle. So I, I see great things out of this young man. Yeah, we all do. We all do. I think, you know, San Antonio is a, uh, it's a breeding ground for athletic, uh, Football players, basketball players, you know, just athletes in general. I mean, we've got some great talent here in San Antonio. Already two weeks, you know, with last week and this week, we're seeing, you know, headline two of the better athletes in San Antonio, uh, one of them being Max Gidemeco, the other one was Ken Williams last week. Again, if you want to catch Brandon's uh, interview with Max Domenico, you can catch it. It's uh, at Bidamone on Twitter. Uh, you can follow it along the wire on Facebook. Also, for those of you all that want to follow, uh, follow Max Domenico from the Clemson Buffaloes, uh, his Twitter handle is at Max. So basically, it's his last name first and then... His first name last. last. Yeah, I get <laughs> I'm kind of slow after that. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, and the one thing we hope for is something that we are seeing to happen a little bit, a little bit more. These guys want to get back on the field. Max made it very clear. Hey, I'm a senior. This is everything to me. It's, it's state or nothing. And I am seeing Paul Garcia on the comments here. He says, Max is a stud. He's a beast for sure. I mean, you're really the number one rated athlete in San Antonio. I hands down. You are a beast, sir. But we're getting to some UIL talk here because we did get some news out of UIL taps uh, in general where they're going to start doing a little bit of uh, rescheduling here for some of the sports. The four sports that they talked about, uh, team tennis, cross-country, volleyball, and football, basically their practices, are, they originally had them starting August 3rd uh, for volleyball and football. And excuse me, this is for 1A through 4A basically right now. Uh, we've got the 5A and 6A schedule as well. But they were hoping to have the game started in August. August uh, 27th would have been for football, mm-hmm. volleyball the 10th, and cross-country tennis was the 17th. According to what we're seeing now, it says the district certification deadline for the uh, dates was uh, November 7th for football, October 27th, November 14th, October 24th. Those dates, you know, right around uh, the fall area. So we're seeing that possibly that you're going to start seeing sports kind of get pushed back a little bit. They're not allowing. And the other thing that I read, too, is that they're going to not allow kids to participate in sports. If they're not in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So that is huge for us because, again, you're going to push sports back. And last week we made mention to if you bring sports in and say you decide, okay, let's put sports into the spring. Let's put football into the spring. That really screws up recruiting. And that actually really might hurt a player because they may sit out knowing that they have an offer already and they may not play that season. And we're going to get into something like that later on when we go to the campus talk. But – you know, knowing that UIL is making it, – it is the right move. We want the kids to be safe. That is the number one priority. Kids have to be safe during all this. Moving these games back and just thinking like, okay, how much is it going to screw up some of these recruiting? Because Max is getting recruited by UIW. He's got the offer. I mean, there's going to be other schools wanting him. Is it going to screw up his recruiting? You know, his recruitment by other schools, we don't know. Moving these games back, Jonas – how is it affecting these guys? I mean, what do you, how do you feel about the UIL, the UIL restart that's being talked about? I mean, it's it makes sense. At this point, it's what you've got to do. Um, I like how organized it is and how they've got their deadline set. It also lets you know how far these sports are going to run. And don't forget, guys, 
I'm a I'm a band nerd myself. I I, I was in the marching band in high school, so this is going to also affect uh, competition. You know, band level competition. Of course, uh, the bands won't be out there out there for halftime uh, until the, there's actual football going on as well. But that's it, it's a great plan, and you can see like the more individualized sports aren't really impacted. Uh, this is really just team sports. You've got cross country and stuff that will still. Um, you know, they can still practice right now, but they're going to back all the, uh, they're going to wait and hold off on all the contests. And I think that it, when you look at the schedule, it really lets you know that if we don't have stuff figured out by September 7th or even, you know, the last two weeks of August, then that's pretty much going to put a cancel on anything as far as fall sports goes because you're already severely impacting uh, potential basketball seasons. We talked about that a couple weeks ago where, where you have your two sport athletes. I mean, if you've got the, if you've got state finals going all the way up through, you know, even for volleyball and stuff like that, going through the end of November and into December, uh, you know, football, the state football going all the way to December 19th for the, for the championship game that you, you know, that Max Domenico hopes to be in. Uh, and aspires to be in, then, you know, any of the, those other two-way athletes and stuff like that that play more than one sport or, you know, uh, especially a, 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 a winter sport, it's going to impact, man. And I know for me, it was never really a concern because my cross-country season ended pretty quick because I wasn't really that great. Swim season was my priority. So it's not like I had to ho- risk a whole lot of loss there, but we've got some great athletes here in San Antonio and, and you want them to have their chance. Yeah, so you probably ran what, fifteen in the forty or something? I'm sorry. You probably ran like a fifteen in the forty. A fifteen in the forty? No, <laughs> I, I clocked myself in college somewhere. I think maybe a five six. But I was I was definitely faster in high school. Don't get me wrong, but oh, that's the last time I ran. Got down and roll like you probably made a faster time than. Hey, but yeah, UIW, hey, Joe, you know, having the restart here for UIW, it's obviously the safest thing, the, probably the best move for these guys to do. How are you feeling? I I like it, but at the same time, I feel for the kids, you know, because you're taking away the first two weeks of the season, you know, and every every game counts in, in high school sports, you know, especially football. Uh, so you're going to have a shortened season now, so every game is that much more important. Um but you have to do what's right for the safety of the of the kids, you know, and you have to put their their futures of what they can do uh, ahead of everything else. And you just want to keep them safe. But at that same note, uh, at least they're still going to be able to compete. Like, you know, Max was saying, uh, this is going to be a, a lot of these these kids this is going to be their senior year. It, it's important for them to get out there and get in front of these scouts if they're going to get an offer. You know, mm-hmm. maybe some of them already have offers, but the ones that don't. It makes it that much more important to them. And if you had to just cancel the season outright, it would be devastating for their future. Because if they were wanting to get signed by a college, you know, and, and not just get signed, but it's imperative for them to get signed not only for their athletic career, but their professional career as well. Because then they get to go to college and, and learn a trade. You know, they go and get a, a degree in whatever it is that they're going to want to do for the rest of their lives, you know. So you're, you're messing with their future. So. I like the move. It keeps them safe, but at the same time, it still keeps the season alive. Yeah, Orlando, same thing, man. You know, how do you feel about that? Because, I mean, out of all of us, you're the ones that were watching the practice at the beginning when they did restart. Um, you know, good move by UIL. I mean, we can we're gonna see a lot more safety. I, I kind of like what I see from everything right now. 
But how are you feeling about this UIL restart? No, I like it. Uh, a lot more safety for the kids, uh, especially like what a lot of the news coming out with everything going on. They kind of have like a better mindset of how to handle this now compared to at first when everybody's kind of just trying to do it right. They have a little bit more information out there. Uh, the one thing that I do worry about is, you know, I just hope that they take these protocols serious, uh, you know, leading up to the September 7th or August 27th date, only because you don't want like another pushback. It's really cutting into the games, as Joe said. So that's my main concern. So I do hope that UAW, you know, is strict when enforcing this protocols. But other than that, it's the right move. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I can't disagree with anything that anybody says about it. It's about the safety, you know. It, it's kind of different between pro sports and high school sports. I mean, it's a lot different. You know, the pro guys are getting paid to be there and everything. We're more worried about high school kids. You know, we don't want nothing to happen to them at all. This is a great move. I, I don't mind it going. It's not like it's going to be a a change, you know, for good. It's just something that's going to happen just for the year. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's a one-time thing. Like the rest of 2020, it's kind of a freak accident. It has to happen. <laughs> uh, if we, if we want to have a season at all, this is how you do it. You have a plan. You put it out there, and, and you just hope. You hope the best that – schools do in fact reopen in september because like you said earlier rudy you know if schools don't open and these kids these students aren't in class then there won't be competition uh, that that's they're they're especially at the high school level they're athletes first so uh, that that's that's the situation we hope they get to get to do it um but good on the uil for for getting something out there um and and let's let's watch them stick to it and i, I think they will yeah, I believe they truly will. I mean, it's a good move by them. You know, you brought up 2020. Yeah, 2020 has been kind of a year, so I think. <laughs> Just kind of. Twin, twin. Hey, we're halfway through 2020, and pretty much we're halfway through the first part of the show here. Even though we had some technical difficulties, we came back uh, very strong. Talking to, obviously, with B. Damone and Max De Domenico, the Clemson Buffaloes got to you with the UIL restart stuff here. We're all in agreement. I'm sure fans out there are in agreement as well. Carolina Teague on Facebook here. Hi, gentlemen. Hello, Carolina. How are you doing tonight? We It was a great discussion as far as the UIL uh, restart goes because the kids are first. They are the most important thing. Coming up in hour two, the Friday night takeover. Rudy Campos Jr., Jonas Clark, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, it's Orlando Torres. Joe Garcia. We're all going to be coming back in an hour or two. We've got Spurs talk. We've got the campus visit. Well, it's going to be some more stuff about, hey, is if the football moves to spring, how does it affect the collegiate guys this time? Talking Spurs, you, we had a big old thing a week or so ago about, <laughs> do we retire a Patty Mills jersey? We're going to get the idea of all these guys here. And then the Mount Rushmore of Spurs basketball. I am going to just go out on a limb here and say <laughs> we will probably piss some of you Spurs Twitter people off. Uh-huh. So do I don't think I don't think that. Rudy's going to have Avery Johnson no. on his Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Bryn Forbes and Marco Bellinelli will not be on my Mount Rushmore at all either. So. But will they make mine? That's the question. Well, they, they might. They might. Yeah, they might. <laughs> That's the most important thing here. We've also got other Spurs talk as well because they did start in the bubble. Uh, we're going to get you know some player development talk. Uh, do you agree? Is it player development or is it 
team winning. That's something that we want to get into. We're going to make a really quick trip around the uh, the nation here with a road trip. It probably won't take very, very long. And we'll try to swing in some Gunslinger stuff because I promise these people from the Gunslingers will talk a little bit about it. And threesomes off the bed and on the field. XFL, ESPN, Disney. At the end of hour two, this is the Friday Night Takeover. Recomplishing your Jonas Clark, Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres. We will be right back. Is there a local team or athlete that you think deserves more recognition? We want to highlight them. Email the show, thefridaynighttakeover at gmail.com, or give us a follow and DM us at PuroSportsSA on Twitter and Instagram. You're listening to the Friday Night Takeover streaming live and on demand via Friday Night Takeover on Facebook and YouTube or at Boodle Sports SA on Twitter and Twitch. Gotta go off video? Go to FridayNightTakeover.com on your PC or mobile device for an audio-only streaming experience. Catch the show on demand via iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's time we put the San Antonio back in San Antonio Sports Talk. Wrapping up the weekend local sports and getting y'all ready for the weekend. This is the Friday Night Takeover. Here are your hosts, Rudy Campos Jr., Orlando Torres, and Joe Garcia. Hour two of the Friday Night Takeover. The first hour flew by like we had problems. But this is hour two. We are, this is the Friday Night Takeover. Taking over your second hour from seven to eight. Lots and lots to get into. Rudy Campos Jr., Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, Jonas Clark. I promised everybody Spurs talk. So let's actually get into a little bit of Spurs talk. We'll talk about the bubble later because the bubble is not as important as retiring a jersey. How do you honor your players? How do you honor the players? Now, we can easily say, hey, you know, Tim Duncan, obvious. David Robinson, obvious. George Gervin, obvious. Avery Johnson, ah, oh, well, we don't know. That's kind of a debate (laughs) here that we've got. Patty Mills, guys, let's go around the horn. I'm not even going to waste, I'm not going to waste my time on it because I think everybody who's up there legitimately has a reason to be up there. I really do. I mean, they have Mm -hmm. helped the organization win in some way even you know johnny moore you know one of the greatest point guards for san antonio spurs history uh even you know captain late james silas i mean again one of the great one of the great players in san antonio history you can go further back and say this guy deserves to be up there but you know again case can be made um but patty mills man patty mills i'm just gonna say it again patty effing mills the guy is a bona fide spurs player i mean on and off the court he's everything you want in a Spurs player, but is that enough to get your jersey up there? Because if that's the case, then do you retire a Brent Forbes jersey, Jonas? Oh, come on. Um, Just taking shots. Just taking (laughs) shots. You you don't retire Brent Forbes and you don't retire Patty Mills. Um, You put it on clearance. That's what you do. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I have no I have no response to that. Um, but but you you don't retire it because I mean what what's done is done, and I think that once your numbers in the rafters, it stays there. It should not come down. Um, you know, you might disagree with some of them that are already up there, but I think you just change your process moving forward. You have to remember where this the organization was uh, when some of those numbers went up too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Avery's probably got retired. I, I want to say it was like the mid two thousands, so we were still fresh in the like the dynasty was happening. Uh, but Manu wasn't quite Manu yet. You know, Tony was still budding as Tony. Uh, and so you still had, you know, you were still looking back on that, on that 99, uh, title with rose colored sunglasses because you were only, it was only number, it was one of like three at that point. Right. And so it wasn't, we weren't quite at five titles yet. And so let the past be the past, let those numbers stay up there, but don't retire Patty's number eight because while he's a great spur, he's a great leader. Um, he, he is the one piece I think that's kind of holding this franchise together as it transitions from the big three era, uh, memorize him with a plaque, right? G- commemorate him with a plaque outside of the AT&T center. Um, <laughs> give him, uh, you know, and, and, and it, because it, Patty is one of those spurs that truly transcends what they've done on the court. He is a global influence. What he's done for his, you know, for the, uh, aboriginals over in Australia, you know, his people that uh, he takes a lot of pride in that. He's very, he, he's very hands-on in Australia and he's also very hands-on in our community. He's gone out and he's talked with uh, indigenous groups here in, in the States and, and really done uh, and highlighted them locally here too. He did a missions tour this last summer and stuff like that. So when you have somebody like that, they do deserve recognition from the organization. I just think that maybe it's a renaming of, of a part of the, of a, the, a part of the arena. May, like it's maybe the Patty Mills fan, you know, fan zone and you've got him waving the towel. That's a, that's an image that will forever stick in, in the memory of Spurs fans. When you look back on, on the 2014 season and, and that run that we made and, uh, I think that there's ways to do it, but the jersey is not it. Let that let somebody else wear the number eight because uh, I don't think he's going to be the best one of all time to wear the number eight for the Spurs. Samaki Walker, the number eight too. No God. <laughs> but hey, we got Paul Garcia. Hey Rudy, are y'all going to go on next Friday because the Spurs play next Friday at seven? Yeah, I'm, we'll be here next Friday. Uh, we'll probably have the game going on behind us or something, so we can kind of keep y'all updated as well. Paul also says, don't retire, Patty. He's he's team no retire, Patty. I am team no retire, Patty. Jonas is team no retire, Patty. Joe, are you team no retire, Patty? Or are you team what Jonas's other option was? Participation plaque, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) My God, man. You know, I think what they should do for Patty, honestly, man. I mean, maybe do something a little bit more than just a plaque. Maybe have like a a nonprofit or something of that nature. named in honor of Patty Mills to help the indigenous people and, and bring awareness to what's going on over there. You know, I, I think that would be a really good uh, thing to do for the San Antonio Spurs. But as far as retiring Patty Mills Jersey, I love everything he's done for the city. I like what he's contributed to the community, but other than just being a nice guy, I don't feel like he's done enough on a professional, from a professional standpoint, as far as the, 
statistical information, should I say, to warrant a, a retirement, you know, and I'm just being honest. I mean, they retired Avery Johnson's jersey again. I don't think the stats matched what he was doing, you know, out there on the court to to warrant having a jersey retired. Yes, he was a great floor general, the little general out there on the court, and he, he made things go and he helped the team together as far as being very vocal out there on the court. But when you look at from a stats point of view, he wasn't that NBA all-star type of player. He was a role player. And I think that's one of the things that really upsets fans is that they get this, I don't know how to say it in a nice way, they have this uh, affection for a player, you know, and it kind of clouds their judgment at times where they really like a player and I really like this player and I really like this player. And because I like him so much, I want his jersey retired. But you look at his stats, maybe the dude only averaged three points per game, one rebound and had, I don't know, a total of 100 minutes throughout his five year career. Uh, that's not going to say retire the jersey. That just means how you feel. Like, for example, Boban, fan favorite. Everybody loved him. But if he would have stayed with the Spurs throughout his entire career, you still wouldn't retire his jersey. It's that just that you love him as a player, you know, but you can't let that cloud your judgment as far as what said player was able to do, not only for the organization, but how many times were they picked or selected to go to the All-Star game? You know, were they instrumental in getting a championship here to the city of San Antonio? Because if that's the case, we do have a strong case for the fake number two, Rudy. I know he's one of your favorites. <laughs> you know, yes. And I I am, you know, I will say it on air and I won't ever say no. If you go by what accomplishments you have in San Antonio, then the fake number two deserves his jersey retired in San Antonio. He does. He brought a title here. He helped, bring a, he helped bring a title here. He was finals MVP. If you go by stats, you know, you do retire his jersey. I already know in my backyard right behind me, there's probably a bunch of people with stakes burning and everything ready for me to get off this podcast because I legitimately <laughs> said Kawhi Leonard should go up in the rafters if it's basing it off of what he accomplished with the Spurs. So I do agree he should be. Paul Garcia, we shouldn't have retired Bowen either. That's another one where I feel like, yes, that shouldn't have been up there. But again, he was great defensively, but as you're stated, you know. Yeah. And then, but the past defensive. is the past. The past yeah. is the past. Like we can't. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't. See, you, don't you don't go back yeah. and unretire. Well, they did. Yeah. In a sense, uh, with Bowen's permission. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can't go back. I'm just saying, like we, you set this precedent now moving forward. When we retired some of these jerseys, we weren't the organization. It wasn't the dynasty that it was. Well, Bowen was right. Um, but when you look at some of those older names, especially back to the 99 team and the first title and stuff like that, you have to look at where they were as an organization and where we're at as an organization now, greatness has been redefined. Greatness is like, like I think that you have now have to look at a player. And when you look at retiring another number, you say, well, does anybody match the big three? Are they in that kind of conversation? I don't think anybody's going to match the big three moving forward. That's going to be a tough shoes to follow, you know? Well, and and that's almost my point, right? And at this point, you kind of pause. Now, if if Derek White goes out and, 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 you know, turns into a whole other monster or whatever – um and, and goes great then then sure you know maybe he get, maybe he's one of those players that can enter that consideration if Keldon Johnson really is 
kind of like the Bucks, uh, or I, maybe it wasn't the Bucks. His Somebody nickname was, is the answer. His nickname is the answer. Okay, if he will, <laughs> if he's the answer to to the loss of Kawhi Leonard. You know, and and he's that piece that is the you know the trade piece that came over, and that is the response that we were looking for to lose from losing Kawhi. If he's that, if he's that, then maybe you look at retiring number three at some point down the line. I agree, Rudy, that maybe the number two is the next jersey you even consider to retire. Um, I don't know that it's going to happen for fifteen years or so because we're petty. I mean, we're, we're petty, petty but yeah. but sports fans are petty too. Like that's that's yeah. an overall thing. And you look at somebody who spurned you, and you're like, well, you know, if Kawhi doesn't leave, we we maybe got another title or two. And and so yeah, you let that go, and you're gonna get to the point where it ages out, and then you're and it's gonna end. And that, that's what baseball is looking at too, right? For your Clemens, your Bonds, your Sosas, guys, so, people who are so far removed from the fact that you might have used steroids or performance enhancements, and they're like. But they were just great. Let them in on the merit of just being great. And then, and so when you have those kids who were five, six, seven growing up with Kawhi Leonard, right, in 2014 and stuff like that, at that point, it's more happy nostalgia for them. The fact that they, and they were probably Kawhi Leonard fans at that point, too. So they might have followed him to Toronto and they're probably wearing his Clippers jersey because you identify with somebody who helped you to greatness at that point. And I think that that might just time might heal that wound. But until Kawhi, I don't see another Jersey getting retired either. Yeah. Let's see what I'm Orlando thinks here, man. Yeah, I'm over it, but Hey, Orlando, again, I got to, I'm going to answer Paul's question here in a minute after you, Orlando. What, yeah. what do you feel about Patty Mills going up in the Jersey? How would you enshrine a player like Patty Mills? We've got two, two choices. The same two I gave to Joe. Do you, Raise that jersey up, or do you give him that participation plaque? Nah, I think at the yeah the plaque. I mean, besides 2014 and being a, like a big role player in that team, I mean, there hasn't been much then. I mean, he is you know one of the last players to you know play with the big three and carry over some of that leadership and like some of the stuff that he was taught by those guys. But with this rebuilding process and everything, I mean, you don't see Patty leading the Spurs team anytime soon to a championship or you making a push, you know, to be a threat in the West. Uh, but, you know, aside from the good stuff he's done off the court, I can see a plaque. You know, you, you, all the stuff he's done, like with the, you know, the BOM and, of course, indigenous people and all that stuff. Maybe you can see like a possible, like a Patty Mills scholarship sometime happening in the future, you know, something along those lines. But mm-hmm. a plaque, um, again, I don't even know how uh, that, you know, stuff like that will lead to a jersey being hung up when you, at that point, you just, Strictly, strictly to what's happening on the court and what he's doing for the Spurs. So uh, that is easy to get caught up in, but definitely a plaque over the jersey being hung up. They can put a plaque, the Walk of Honor, as you're walking to the AT&T Center. (laughs) (laughs) Honorable mention. I would honestly be okay with that. I would really be okay with that because then you do get to pay tribute to some of your fan favorites or big moments that you know, people who are part of big moments that happen throughout your history. I can. Dig that it, would be. Man. I can. Dig that it. would be great. I, I'm all for that. Let's get that yeah, one going, Joe. True. Yeah, I think a lot of people might wipe their shoes on the fake number two plaque over there. <laughs> but. Get over it. Could be petty. Paul Garcia, Rudy, Rudy, who do you think from this young Spurs core, Spurs core, will get their jersey retired? I am gonna say you've got a. In the words of, uh, you know, my boy, you've got a plethora amount of uh, youth here that I see happening. 
I think Keldon Johnson, who I've called the face of the franchise from the beginning, if you don't believe me, look up Twitter. It's been there all the time he's been in the Spurs uniform. Um, I'll back that up DeJounte. too, Rudy. It has been. Yeah. I can see DeJounte getting his uh, uniform, uh, his jersey retired. Those two guys, I think, probably are leading the way to get their jerseys retired. The one thing that DeJounte has going for him, you start with James Silas, you go to Johnny Moore, you go to Avery Johnson, now you go to Tony Parker. It seems like Spurs point guards are getting recognized big time when it comes to their jerseys being retired. Uh, because every time that every Spurs point guard that we've had here is a leader. I mean, let's be honest, they've been leaders. With the exception of Rod Strickland, who led us all the way to that behind-the-back mishap. And Don't bring that up. And screwed us up for years <laughs> to come. So, Rock and Rod, if you didn't make that mistake, then we would definitely have retired your jersey. But before we move on to our campus visit, really quick around the horn, we mentioned Mount Rushmore of Spurs. I will give you mine first. We'll go to Orlando, then Joe, and then Jonas. Mount Rushmore of Spurs. You are going to piss Spurs Twitter off. This is the time to do it. Give me, in no particular order, George Gervin, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, uh, Alvin Robertson. Mm. Orlando, who do you got? Uh, yeah, I think no particular order. I'm going to go with uh, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and I'm going to stick with Coach Pop. Okay. Okay. Don't That's pop. surprising. Joe, who do you got? I got to stick with the big three. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they did a lot as far as, you know, making the, the Spurs a staple, you know, as mm-hmm. far as excellence goes. So you got to go with Timmy. You got to go with Manu, Tony Parker. And, of course, you can't forget the OG who – paved the way for everybody, and that's the great George Gervin. So that's my Spurs Mount Rushmore. Jonas? All right. I got to leave one of the big three off, y'all. I got to leave one of them off. I left um, I might actually end up having to leave two. We'll see. There's four. I got four faces, right? I can't add another five. I can't no, do a so full starting rotation. No, um, you can, we'll, we'll let Coach Pop be one of yours, okay? Thank you, because that's <laughs> one of them. Including the four. Including That's, the other four. Oh, including <laughs> the other four. Okay. Um, Pop, Popovich has to be up there. Uh, he, he changed the face of this franchise. And then I, just give me three more then. And I'm, I think you got to look at James Silas. Uh, I think you got to look at uh, George Gervin. And then I'm going with Timmy. I, I'm sorry. You know, the Admiral gets bumped off there. Um, but if you just look at the stages of the franchise overall and look at major moments you know you had your mvp uh in gervin um you know the Iceman. you had just just throwback history to silas uh popovich again he's he's catered he's brought you through these 20 years manu i don't think manu's special right i'm not going to take anything away from these players they're all special but but popovich utilized them and put them in a position to win so for 20 years of success for anybody that we consider for going up there, uh, he has to be up there. And then Tim Duncan, because, uh, I mean, with he, he's, he's a member of all five rings and no other player can say that. I think that the only per- other person who can say that uh, is Coach Popovich. Yeah. So, like I said, Mount Rushmore for the Spurs is tough because you automatically are going to say, this generation is the big three, obviously. You know, then right. it's like, oh, we got to put David. Oh, but what about Pop? 
oh, well, you know, did we go further? George Gervin, you know, was the man here in San Antonio for years and years. I took a player like Alvin Robertson because a lot of players, a lot of people and fans don't know about Alvin Robertson. They just know the mishap that he had in San Antonio, which caused <laughs> his career to flay down. But if you overlook that, I mean, one of only four players to have a quadruple double. I mean, he did a ton here in San Antonio. Probably the best defender we've ever had in San Antonio, defensive-wise as far as defense That's player. blasphemy when you talk to Spurs Twitter <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, your Mount Rushmore's are never going to be the same. Par Garcia is asking, no Admiral Joe. I think he's talking about Jonas. He also gave yeah. us his Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Timmy, David, Manu, Parker. Can't really argue with that. I mean, I will argue if you have Brent Forbes or Dave Corzine on Mount Rushmore, we'd be fighting in the alley. But, yeah, no. Frank Ramirez. Or Dwayne Shintzis. If you have Dwayne Shintzis on your Mount, rest, Mount Rushmore. Rest, you... Dwayne Shintzis' soul. Yeah. Dwayne Shintzis on Mount Rushmore. Are you going to let Red Mamba up there, though? Pop, <laughs> Pop Tim, Manu, Iceman. I like that as well. So, yeah, Mount Rushmore talk, is it can go on forever. We may pick it back up and try to, you know, squeeze it in at another show at a later date here. Campus visit. We are heading off to the uh, local campuses. Jonas has some special conference football uh, news. We're going to talk a little bit about spring football moving, uh, move football moving to the spring, how it affects everything, like as far as draft position and everything. So let's get that tour bus. I don't say tour bus. Let's get that school bus started. Let's <laughs> take this trip on the campus visits here. There you go. Well, really quick, I just wanted to make sure we're giving some recognition to uh, local guys who've already been selected, to, you know, from UIW and UTSA who have already been selected to some preseason all-conference teams. Uh, you got two representing UIW in the SLC, um, and they are both on defense. They both made second-team defense. Uh, you have Kalecki, and I'm going to butcher this last name, y'all. Anyale Becky? Anyale Becky? I think oh, that's I. I, I, I did get a, that out of my eye. I feel like I worked. I feel like I did that one. Uh, and Jalen Jimerson. Um, so you got two guys coming back. You got one is a returning, coming back off of his freshman year, uh, and then you have the Pearland, Texas native, and Kalecki, uh coming back. Um, just on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so shout out to them. And then on UTSA, uh, you've got four guys: Spencer Burford. Uh, Lucas Dean, Sincere McCormick, that's a name that comes right off the tongue for everybody, and Rashad Wisdom. Um, you know, So if you're looking for guys to – names that you're trying to pay attention to as to when you're watching these games and when you're, you're, when you're listening to these games on the radio, uh, expect to hear these names a lot. Um, I know Sincere, his name has come up a lot in terms of potential transfer pool. Uh, does he finish his time off at UTSA? I think he's going into his – uh, sophomore year um, from Converse, Texas. So uh, I hope so. I, for one, hope so. Well, and that's the thing with, with a lot of these guys. You do hope that they, you know, have the best opportunity or in the best position to realize their dreams of playing in the NFL. Uh, yeah. UTSA has already done a great job. They helped Marcus Davenport realize that dream. Uh, Dalton Sturm a couple years ago also, you got to realize that briefly with the Cowboys. And you look at the, just look at the program and it is on the way up. Uh, first year head coach and Jeff Trailer uh, coming in and, and taking over uh, for uh, Coach Frank uh, and, from last year. And so we'll see how this all goes. But just a couple of names there I wanted to give you all to focus on for this uh, college football season, if and when it starts. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we got a couple of mids here. 
before we head to break, and just real quick on the football movie, there was uh, some announcements that some colleges and universities, they may actually, uh, you know, Division One. Uh, we're talking Big Ten, ACC, they changed their schedules. A lot of these teams and, you know, conferences are moving their football schedules to the spring. I bring up a quick question for you guys. Moving this football, you know, programs to the spring, Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to use him. You know, he's, yeah, he will be the number one pick, according to everybody right now. Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. If you move it to the spring, does he play that that season? Because you've got the draft right around the corner. Why would you risk getting injury, or I mean injured, or a, not career, but a really season-ending injury, knowing the draft's right around the corner? And if football comes back in the NFL in September and stays where it is, he's not going to be ready. So that affects his draft status. So would you guys blame players if they sat out spring football knowing that they are already a first, maybe second-round draft pick? Of the teams talking about playing in the spring right now, I would fault anybody who does because right now it's not Power 5 conference. So if, if you're playing for uh, my, my university, Bowling Green State University, Bowling Green, Ohio, and you're playing in the Mid-American Conference – and you're and you're like and you're. Do you think that you're too good to play spring ball, uh, as, because instead of fall ball, I think that then yeah, I have a problem with that because you want to do whatever you can to put yourself in light for scouts and and have that opportunity to stand out from the power fives. And what better time to do that than when there's no other power fives playing? Because because the power fives are are the ones that are looking to still play this fall it's everybody else outside of that that is considering you may maybe moving into the spring of course you do run into the hazard not just for the nfl draft but you run into the hazard for those guys for their next season because if you play spring football at the college level then you have summer conditioning uh because you didn't go you know you, you didn't go for the draft as an underclassman or you're still in your freshman or sophomore year or whatever uh and then you go into right into fall ball again i just think that Changing it this year would have to change football moving forward for a lot of those programs and a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of schools and stuff like that. I just don't think that that is practical for me. But yeah, it, you you should play if if you're if you're playing in the spring because you're not a power five. Gotcha, gotcha. Orlando, Joe, y'all have any comment on that? Quick comment as far as you know, moving the uh, spring football to spring. I kind of in agreement with both of you guys. You know, I mean. At the end of the day, I mean, if you if you actually do move things around, you're you're going to be jeopardizing the start of the upcoming season as well. I mean, it's just it's just too much, you know. It's too much of it's too much of a toll on the body, is what I'm saying. Because if you move it to the spring and you have you know the college you're competing in college football in the spring, then you're going to get closer to you know, the, the summer starting. And then usually in the summer, that's where they start up again and they start training, trying to rehab their injuries and trying to, you know, get the rest they need for their body to come back even that much stronger for the next season. And some of these guys are seniors as well. So they're going to want to go out on a high and, and you're going to want them to play that last season. Uh, but again, you know, I think when you take everything in, into, you know, and you kind of look at everything from uh, from different perspectives I don't know how it's going to play on their bodies, and that's what I'm scared of. I'm scared of the injury factor. You don't want to shorten somebody's career because you started in spring. You know, if that's the case, 
maybe the the right thing to do for the safety of these kids is to either have a shortened season or maybe not have a season. You know, unfortunately, right. it does suck if that does happen. But you have to look at the long term uh, situation. You know. Yeah, Orlando, you got anything to put on that? Yeah, no, Sam. I mean, I think you know, comes from you got to look at the games. If you know the season, how long is going to be? If it's going to be a reduced season. Uh, maybe like sub often or subs going to be rotations that just keep the players healthy, especially if they're looking to get back, you know, to get back to normal in 2021 for the fall. Uh, I'm agreeing with Joe there. It's just a quick turnaround, and you start seeing that a lot with players anyway. That health health is your main concern, and if you know some of these players feel like you know the team is taking care of their health, well then they're just going to take it upon their own. And, you know, start not showing up to practice and not wanting to play. So there's going to have to be something there where both sides come to an agreement on if there's going to be spring ball played. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, spring ball is a good idea for safety reasons, but probably a bad idea when it comes to recruits in college. I mean, you want to get your NFL career started. You don't want to start it on the wrong foot at all. So, yeah, we are pretty much all in agreement here. This is the Friday Night Takeover of Rudy Campos Jr., Joe Garcia, Jonas Clark, Orlando Torres. Quick, 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 quick message before we go to break. That Hector Dananaha fight, junior fight tonight, or what is previous coming up? I think that was canceled officially, yeah. guys. Is that correct? Okay. That is correct. So, yeah, I just wanted to pass that along to you guys. It was canceled. This is the Friday Night Takeover. John, tell me, we do see you. The commanders don't suck. They didn't have much time <laughs> to suck in the AAF. So we'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Friday Night Takeover. Want to interact with the hosts? Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Puro Sports SA. Or find us on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Friday Night Takeover. You're listening to the Friday Night Takeover. Streaming live and on demand via Friday Night Takeover on Facebook and YouTube. Or at Puro Sports SA on Twitter and Twitch. Gotta go off video? Go to FridayNightTakeover.com on your PC or mobile device for an audio-only streaming experience. Catch the show on demand next day on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Friday Night Takeover. <laughs> Rudy Campos, Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, Jonas Clark. Tanya Peters is in on YouTube, says she loves this. Thank you, Tanya. We do our very best each and every week because we take over everyone's Friday nights from 6 to 8. If you want to follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram, it's at Poodle Sports SA. Facebook and YouTube, why don't you just search Friday Night Takeover? You'll find us there. That's all our social media platforms there. Guys, you know, we got... We got Spurs talk earlier. Mount Rushmore. Everything was different. We pissed off Spurs universe. Spurs sitting at the teeth right now. Do you retire Patty Mills? No, we all said you give him the participation plaque. I don't even think we build a statue out there for him, right? Not even like, don't even make a little six inch figure like Star Wars or nothing. Nothing. Just give him the participation plaque. But they did start the bubble season last night or yesterday, actually. Uh, it was a scrimmage. They ended up losing to Milwaukee. No surprise there. But 
the thing that we have to keep in mind is that it is a scrimmage of just coming back. We had a lot of people saying that, why is Bryn Forbes playing? Why is Marco Bellinelli getting minutes? These guys are trash. I am not one that said that on air or anywhere, but I did. Say I did. I, I'll take Joe Garcia. Did, I did. Obviously. And I you fought know, you for it, too. They, <laughs> so, That's you know, fine. The bubble, started off, the bubble started off a little rough yesterday for the Spurs. But we did get some performances out of our youth. Lonnie Walker had a really good game. I believe it was 14 points. Uh, Keldon Johnson had 11 points. Uh, these guys are the guys are a future. Keldon, the future face of the franchise. Lonnie is the future slam dunk champion of the San Antonio Spurs. DeJounte Murray, you know, Derek White. We're getting our youth out there. Now... We are in the midst of a question here as far as this bubble goes. How do the Spurs approach the bubble? Do they want to develop their players as they teased us the entire time before the bubble game started? Or do they want to win? Are they out to win and get to that last playoff spot? What do you guys say? I mean, we're going to we're going to start with Orlando here. I'm posing uh, that question to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go last because I'm I'm the the Richard of Spurs Twitter apparently, since I keep it real. But Orlando, is it team winning or team development that is the most important thing in this bubble series? I think most importantly, uh, looking long term, especially you know, just you got to go with team development. Like I know that you know Spurs fans want the record for you know. What is it like 23, 24 straight times going into post? 22. I, I, I know they want their record, and that's got to be in the back of Pop's mind at the end. Like, there's no uh, disregarding that. But looking at what you have right now, you know, Lamarcus is out, Trey Lyles is out. But even with those guys, even if Lamarcus is healthy, um, are you really going to make a push for the championship of the Spurs? Really going to knock off the Nuggets? Are they going to knock off the Rockets? Are they going to knock off the Lakers? Probably not. Uh, doesn't mean they can't make a push to make the postseason, but I think with what you got right now, Lonnie, DeJounte, Derek, Kilden, you know, White, some of those guys still got Patty Mills there. I think you got to work on team development, and that's what I want to see more importantly, especially for we do get the season, uh, you know, back started up. Get these guys some young, you know, minutes, uh, you know, sit Rudy Gay, sit uh, some of these other guys, some of the older vets. Go ahead and set them and see what the young guys got, you know, those fresh legs, see what they got, put them again in, in this bubble, and start the development. So that's that's what I would say to that. Sure. Joe, what do you think, man? It's got to be the team win or team development? It's got to be development. But if it truly is development, then answer me this, Rudy. Why the hell do we have Marco Beninelli playing trash minutes when those minutes could have been given to some of the youth? If it truly is about development, this game was clearly out of hand. There was no way the Spurs were going to win that game. It's a scrimmage game. It does not count. I get all that. But at the same time, if it truly is about development, then have some of the youth take those minutes, those coveted minutes. We only had Lucas Simonish play a couple minutes. You had uh, Tyler Zeller, I believe. He didn't even have one single minute. He had like 30 seconds in the game. Uh, Patty Mills was the OG. They're letting him rest. Of course, you got to respect that. He didn't play at all. But some of the youth, you know, give them some run. I mean, Lonnie Walker, he had a slow start in the first half. Some of Spurs Twitter was already you know, slandering him. And I was like, you can't slander Lonnie when both (laughs) looked bad out of the gate. They were rusty. They were lethargic out there. They were feeling each other out. It takes a little bit of time for you to get in rhythm. Then he comes in in the second half and look what he did. 
high score for the game with 14 points. So I'm like, okay, where's your Lonnie Walker slander now? But that's neither here nor there. But I'm just saying facts are facts. I, I don't dislike Marco Beninelli as a person. I might not like Absolutely. the product of basketball that he puts out there. I don't care for that. But as a human, I, I love Marco. I cannot hate another human being. I'm not capable of that. But I'd rather those minutes that he's putting out there be given to some of the youth if it truly is about development. Because let's face it, this Spurs squad isn't going to be going to the playoffs. We think we all, most of us Whoa. know that. Most of us know that. Most of us know that. <laughs> now, if there's a chance, yes, there's a chance that they can still break, you know, break in there somehow and, and make it to the playoffs. But if you're a realist and you're seeing the product that's out there and you're already hearing the telltale signs of everybody and as far as the coaching staff goes, they're saying it's about development. We're not we don't care about the history, you know, the history of us making the playoffs for 20 plus years. They're kind of telling you what's on the up and up, you know, and we're not going to make a push to really get into the playoffs. We're going to look at the long term development of the players. And I think. That's what we can expect. But again, it's going to be painful for Spurs Twitter out there and, and Spurs fans in particular because they're like, we can get this thing. It's eight games. We can we can make this. And I'm like, they're kind of telling you guys already. They're trying to let you down slowly, you know, like you're like an ex-girlfriend <laughs> trying to break up with you via text, you know, <laughs> doesn't have the guts to do it in person, but they're going to send you a text and then ghost you. Same thing. Damn. Damn. Okay. <laughs> do we do we possibly blame Chris Duell for this hype up of we're gonna make the playoffs or you're telling I me mean, there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> when there's a chance, Chris is, you know, is the number one guy to pump up everything. So we've got comments galore, man. Guys, why do we keep playing Marco and Forbes, Tanya Peters? There's no if, ands, or buts. Marco Bellinelli is complete and pure arse. I can't say that other word because <laughs> Spurs Twitter is bipolar by John Tillman. Yes, Frank wants to know, hey, there says just let the young guys play and get experience. I think we're all in agreement to that. Yep. Jonas still wants to see the veterans playing, right? Mm-hmm. Or am I wrong? He's a Marco and, and Bryn Ford lover, man. <laughs> That's I, hey, don't put all that on me. I'll take 50% of that. I'm not a Marco lover. Uh, he can he can go. Uh, but and, and we talked about this on our show last night, so I'm not going to get into it. You can go look up the Spurs takeover. Um and, and see and get my full opinion on 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 those two, but Bryn is still part of the youth movement, guys. He still is at just twenty four years old. Or no, he just turned twenty seven. I'm sorry. Uh, at twenty seven, he's he is still part of that development phase. Um, he, he's twenty seven, he, but his mustache is saying he's more like twenty because it ain't grown in yet. <laughs> well, no, no, no need to attack the guy's facial hair, but but he is one of those guys. He's one of the few on the roster that did play four years of college ball. Derek White also is up there in years just for the fact that he played. Uh, I believe he played a four, three years at co- in college. I don't know if Derek quite played all four, um, but they do have the the age over some of these other members of the of the youth movement but they're still part of that youth just for the fact of how many years they've been there Bryn Forbes was was an undrafted free agent the same year we got DeJounte Murray so put that that if that helps you put that into perspective DeJounte came out as, as a freshman and, and Bryn Forbes came out as a senior they've both been on the team on this team the same time out of time and so he should stick around and he should still be getting minutes 
And I think that the way that they, that minutes were spent yesterday by Becky was great. And I think that it does speak more to team development. And I'm on team development. And I made a we 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 used a a, a Twilight graphic here because that's almost what it seems like on Spurs Twitter, right? Is you're either Team Jacob or your Team Edward, well, your Team Development or your Team Winning. And there's not a whole lot of middle ground there. There's a lot of people they 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 want to win, but they also want to see the young guys. So you've got to pick a side here because it's not going to go both ways. The young guys they're 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 young. They're in the NBA, of course. This is a, for some of them. This is their, their first major exposure to it. And they played against the number one team in the Eastern Conference with the reigning MVP. With the reigning MVP, um, they played a much, against a much larger roster, and we've lost a guy at six foot eleven in Lamarcus Aldridge and another six foot nine guy with experience in Trey Lyles. So this is a very young team still. The youth got run. Why do you play a guy like Marco yesterday so that he's ready for action later on? But I'm on team development. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of in the Jamar DeRozan Park, where it's like, I don't see a reason why we can't develop and win at the same time. And yesterday, kind of like SAFC this last weekend, where I can't put too much weight on one game because it's only been one game. So one so word far, for you. Last minute. That's two words. No, last minute. Two words. There. Last minute <laughs> for SAFC. It was, it was a, a minute. It was a okay. minute. Okay, <laughs> but but still, these things will happen. It's only one game back. You're coming back off of all this thing. And then if you want to talk all about last minute, last minute could also be conditioning. And we'll talk SAFC here in a second. So I'm going to save that take for then. But this fire. is but this is about you know the Spurs. Are you team winning? Are you team develop? I, I'm I'm kind of team DeRozan. Where it's why can't we do both? But the onus is on team development, and I think that's okay. Uh, it just unfortunately might not translate into wins, but that's what I accept by being on team yeah. development. So we got Jonas with the uh, the twilight drop. Now that you've got me wondering <laughs> something, were you team Jacob or team what is it, Edward? Edward, I don't, no, I don't. You got to pick one. I I, on, I have honestly never seen. I've honestly never seen or read a twilight anything. Um, I, it's just. That's that's just common knowledge, guys. Pop culture for you. All right. I yeah, got you. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Team Edward or Team Jacob. Talking Team Twilight Edward. on the same day that Taylor Swift's new album drops. I'm having an awesome day. <laughs> Tim Rodriguez, Tim Devel- a team development play the young guys a ton of minutes. No Marco and Forbes. Well, Again, Forbes more- is part of the youth. That was the Forbes popular is part opinion. of the youth. But a lot of Frank Ramirez, but a lot of the teams are going to be rusty due to the time off. That is a True. fact. A lot of teams will be rusty. Um, as far as I go, you know, I'm obviously team development. I want to see a lot of these guys develop into the players. I understand, you know, you. I don't want to see Marco, Bryn. Hell, I've even made the case in these three scrimmage games, they don't matter anything. I've made cases for DeMar DeRozan to be sit out, you know, two out of the three games completely. Don't even bother using them. Just get these young guys in the court. There's no problem giving them 30 minutes, you know, in these games just to let them run up and down the court. See what we got. I mean, for especially all with Luca, man. Luka yeah, for all we know, Luca could man. actually be something that we can use, you know, going into next season. I mean, I I just want to see what we have. That's what I've been saying. I understand the fact that when we 
when we basically spotlight two guys, Marco Bellinelli and Bryn Forbes, we're spotlighting gold, apparently. So I understand that completely. It's a commodity. It's got to be. It's you know, fool's gold, Rudy. Fool's you gold. have gold, you keep it. I understand <laughs> that to a point. But we've already know what we've got in Marco, which is a broken down truck. We know what we've got in Bryn Forbes, which He's is He's developing. I understand. But. You can only develop a jump shot so much. What else has he developed? I mean, at this okay, point, okay. At I, this I, point, he means as much to this team as the pitching machine on a baseball field. No, it no, just no, no, throws no. a pitch. Oh. That's it. Okay, no, I, the no, pitching I, machine I, works sometimes, just yeah, like Bryn okay, Forbes. Okay. So God. we've got to we've got to move on to the next topic. But I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let this Bryn Forbes slander <laughs> go on. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you guys the pitching machine doesn't hold work on, all the hold time. On, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. Bryn Forbes is learning a new role on this team, okay? And how he moves and within this offense off the ball because we don't want the ball in his hands, right? We don't want him to be point guard, so he still has to be out there, even if he's not shooting. Which a lot of it, he didn't shoot a whole whole lot the other day. I think he maybe had mm-hmm. nine or nine or ten attempts. Um but he still has to learn how to move within that. And those other players have to learn how they're setting picks and how, the, how he's coming off the ball and where to find your sharpshooter. So he still has to develop within this offense that is changing. It's developing and his role is changing. So he's got to be out there and have those minutes to get that work. Now, if he starts going all James Harden on us and starts just chucking up shots, then I have a problem. But he has to be out there to develop and learn this offense along with the other guys. Because I do think, again, with him being a part of the youth movement, he's not. And and Tim Rodriguez, I see you, man. He's ass on defense, but he's not a starter either. We're learning how to use him properly. Becky used him properly yesterday. Look at the lineups that he was a part of and the defenders around him that help help him fit out there. Because nobody else shoots at 40% a clip like Bryn Forbes from deep on this team either. So if you want to let Brent Forbes go, you're going to get you're going to lose his potential, his flamethrower potential from deep. He's gone off for five and a half before, but you're going to let that go and you're going to lose that 6 to 9 points per game that helps keep a defense honest and have to defend him and keep mm-hmm. the floor space just because you have nobody else. Lonnie's not he's developing his three. It's not quite there yet and there's nobody else up and down that roster outside of a previous version of Marco Bellinelli that used to be able to do that. He doesn't do it anymore. Patty's maybe the only other person I trust, but Bryn Forbes is part of this youth movement. I hope the Spurs cement that and sign him this offseason because he needs to be a part of this moving forward. So I hear hear it all, but he has to learn how to move within this offense and within this defense, and DeJounte has to be able to know how ex- what he has to work a so- alongside Bryn to know how lo- how much extra he has to do on defense that, that right. to make up for Bryn. So he has to be out there for those minutes if they're going to keep him moving forward. If they if they bench him the rest of Orlando, then just assume that he's gone. But I can I, can I have get to call y'all on that Bryn Forbes well, no, slander, y'all. I I can get behind on the serious note. I can get behind you on Bryn if they use him as <laughs> off the ball, just coming off screen, just as a shooter. I can agree with you on that. But Marco Bellinelli, it's like the feeling 
you get when you <laughs> step in water and you're wearing socks. It's just yucky, man. It's horrible. And I and I get I you mean, on Marco. Or it's, and, it's and, like the feeling when you drink sour milk. That's what it feels like yeah. to watch Marco on the court. I hear you. We got to move yeah. on from this yeah, one. No, we've been on. Sure. We've been on the Spurs long enough. Sour if you hate. want. Speaking of sour milk, let's get to the next project because <laughs> uh, SAFC yeah. left a sour taste in a lot of soccer fans, more, more, you know, more. mouth last week uh, when they basically, like Joe Garcia, like say they crapped the bed and ended up in a draw, one-one draw, and they lost it at the end. So I'm just gonna basically say real quick because this is the uh, sports in season sponsored by nobody just yet. So if you want to sponsor it. Give Jonas Joe a call. Contact us. Any one of us to be a sponsor here on the Friday Night Takeover. Chonkless. They were the hottest team in the TCL. But I think that had more to do with the weather because it was hot here. So they went ahead and actually real the Brazos Valley Bombers are in the first place as of right now. So the Chonkless are a little struggling right now. But again, it's still kind of early in the season. They're showing a lot of potential, I think. Still, uh, pitching is still really good. They're they're still working out the kinks here, so we'll give we'll give some more Chancla's love here uh, next week because I do want to get an SAFC and that same feeling, like I said, where you step in water while wearing socks is that SAFC feeling. Orlando, can you please give us the horrible horrible outcome of that game? Yeah, so it was looking pretty good uh, early on for SAFC. You know, they had that early goal uh, within the first few minutes into the game. And, uh, you know, kind of like when you hopped on Twitter to follow what was going on with the SAFC and the Rio Grande match, uh, you know, just see a lot of fans complaining. It was just kind of like the same old crap from last year. Couldn't close out strong. Looked like guys looked a little confused or, like, you know, a little tired. Just let up. Uh, so it was not a, you know, a, a horrible draw for for SAFC uh if you look at it for from real grand standpoint you look at it as more of a victory for them but of course looking at it for SAFC that's a game that shouldn't even have been a draw uh you know should have clicked on tougher to defend towards the end close out stronger wasn't able to happen luckily for SAFC they have a, a chance to redeem themselves on Wednesday uh I mean tomorrow to try to go ahead and get that win over Rio Grande, but not a good start to the season. It was the first game, though, so you got to keep in mind that in the middle of all this, that, you know, trying to get back into the rhythm with all these young guys and the gameplay, but but still not, not a good look to start off the season. Yeah, Joe, you go to the games a lot for SAFC. A very high popular week. I mean, we were excited. We were on a sports high. Spurs coming back. SAFC coming back, you know, and we kind of crapped the bit on both sides. So yeah, both you teams got for SAFC. Both teams lost, and it's even tougher for San Antonio FC fans because they've been dealt mediocrity for way too long. They had high hopes coming into this season. They're excited. The team's actually going to play. It's the first game. Everything's going right, you know. And they even had uh, the the fans were watching the game via Zoom, so that was kind of amazing. You know, you get to see their reactions. And then at the last minute, man, they lose it, you know, and that was just disheartening, man, to see because you could see the fan reaction via Zoom and everybody said the same thing, which I can't repeat here, you know, (laughs) but it's it's that feeling, you know, it's like, no, not again. You know, we're going to be dealt with the same mediocrity again. They they want they want this team to 
really live up to the potential. And that is they want this team to go and keep on winning, you know, and, and I and I feel for everybody because I'm a fan, too. You know, I've been a fan since the Scorpion days. Now you transition to San Antonio FC. And it's like you said, Rudy, you want to see a team win. It's hard to get up for your team when they're in the doldrums, you know, but you're there. You're, you're a fan. You're in no matter what happens. You're going to stick with them, you being a, yeah. a Giants fan and all. You know all about that. And, hey, you know. It's a low blow, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were competitive for six innings last night. Finally, you you're go. taking some, man. Finally, you're taking some. <laughs> what are y'all doing to me? I should just quit. And he's also a Falcons fan. so. Hey, come on. Come uh, on. You know, 2016. You know what happened in the there. Super Bowl. But, but stay on the subject of SAFC. Anyway, we're a local yes. show. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, guys, I uh, I think that it's – I said it before. You know, when we were talking about the Spurs, we, we just got to be patient. This is one game back. Uh, the team the team finds themselves still in uh, SAFC does in, in, in good position still, right? They're in second place um, as far as Group D goes, which is mostly the part the the Copa de la Tejas or the Co- the Tejas Copa. Or I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, and it, it's a good spot to be in, and, and just be patient. And it's a lot of it was about conditioning, and and. They collapsed, and in the six extra minutes, and those those extra minutes situations are going to be very difficult because just like uh, is going on over in the Premier League, you know, you have those five minute water breaks where they're you know allowing those players to take time to hydrate in each half. They have five minutes in each half. That's going to increase that extra time uh, significantly. I couldn't believe that they gave them a full six minutes um on this one european soccer doesn't tend to give them that they might give them like three or four they don't give them that full five back um so i was kind of i was kind of surprised to see that and then of course it hurts even more that they lose within the final two minutes of that extra time but uh, that one's on fc you know they couldn't they couldn't clear the ball past midfield they couldn't get it out of there and and they were that in that entire set of extra time uh rio Grande valley was striking so and they were pressing really hard so um Hats off to Grand Valley. You know they find, they played a game that I still believe they shouldn't have played because I don't, don't forget the saves. SAFC had some pretty amazing saves, man. They were, but it's it's hard to look at all the sunshine when you end up get with a draw that feels like that, like Orlando said that feels more like a loss. It I'm feels trying like a to win. Be the ray of sunshine through the clouds, Jonas. You just took <laughs> well, that away from me. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna step. I'm gonna step right in front of the in front of those rays then, and and I just. It's one of those things. Be patient. Uh, the game's tomorrow. You know they have another game tomorrow night. It's on Fox Sports Southwest. Check it out. Uh, you know it is a home game for FC, but they aren't allowing fans uh, in the stands for another game. If you didn't catch that already, um, if you if you haven't seen it, then you obviously don't follow uh, Friday Night Takeover on Twitter. So give us a follow at Puro Sports SA, uh, and you'll get updates like that for sure. And hey, we've got uh, San Antonio's own Chris Duell in the chat. Chris is saying in pop we trust. What's up, yes, Chris? We do trust him. Crystal said Spurs five and three. I thought he said six and two at one point. So maybe he he's did. coming back a little bit on there. Chris, <laughs> remind me if I'm wrong on that. Get off my lawn. His famous, famous, famous quote on his show. But he did bring. He did give you all some insight here because we are going into some gunslinger talk here at the end of the show. Bring your open carry firearms night at the gunslinger games. 
Yes, I am in agreement to that. So do we shoot at the uh, ceiling every time they, they score a touchdown? Is that what we're well, going to do? It I, sucks I, that they're not playing the dome because, yes, I would shoot that place <laughs> up and, you know, get it removed. Who's going to be aiming for the damn beams? The cable? <laughs> hey, but the Coliseum, the Coliseum is history. So, I mean, we, we, I'm not doing any damage to the Coliseum. The cows take care of that every February, so I'm not even worried about that. Uh, but, hey, thanks for joining us, Chris. Tim Rodriguez, Jonas can't talk. He's a Brownies fan. Yes, he's a Brownies fan. I'm also a Commanders fan and a Gunslingers fan, fan. And I am fully in on the Gunslingers. Uh, If you guys didn't see it, I know you brought this to the docket here this week, Rudy, where uh, you brought to my attention. I didn't see this, but Mm. Disney, there's a it's a rumor. It's a rumor at this point from an XFL insider having an interview on another smaller XFL inside fan kind of site. Mm-hmm. But it's an intri- intriguing rumor because it name drops Mickey Mouse and Vince McMahon, mm-hmm. in a sense, because you've got poten- the potential purchase of the XFL by Disney. Tell us more about it. Yeah, so the rumor is, and what I teased in the beginning, I'm fully letting it go now. We are releasing the Kraken, my new Seattle Kraken team that I will be following in the NHL, FYI. There is a major possible, quote-unquote possible, because it's a rumor, sports threesome to happen here. XFL, Mr. McMahon himself. Disney, I know, I wish we had porn music, right? (laughs) Uh, Disney and ESPN are talking about the possibility of purchasing the XFL. If Now, again, it is a rumor. It is a rumor that I did see, and I read on it. This is uh, some great news for San Antonio because not only do we have Gunslingers football coming, if Disney and ESPN go out and buy the XFL, they're going to revive it. They're going to bring it right back. And one Dallas Renegade team basically folded at the end and everything was pointing towards San Antonio, 35 South, right here in San Antonio. The Mm -hmm. Renegades were coming to San Antonio if the XFL was going to be on. Disney, ESPN, open up your wallets. There is a coin shortage, but I'm sure you've got coin out there somewhere. I got a Drop jar the of coin. Cash. I can yeah. contribute. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the cash and purchase the XFL. We To have two football teams in San Antonio would be tremendous. Yes, Don't we haven't had up. a great football history. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a great football history in San Antonio. I mean... Yes, the Commanders survived, what, six weeks in the AAF? I mean... We made it, I think, seven. Seven weeks. Okay, it did We're last longer than the XFL. We know that for a fact. But they couldn't pay yes. the checks after the first week. Yeah. <laughs> it would, I, I like the idea. If Disney and ESPN buy, basically what it comes down to is you've got two major markets that could run this league and actually, I can't say compete with the NFL, but it can get as much love as the NFL when you've got two major, you know, monstrosity markets like that coming together, buying that. I think McMahon sells if it does happen. So that's just a rumor that we heard out there. The Gunslingers did have their first combine this past weekend. A few of the players actually got a notification that they have made the squad. Mm-hmm. I will have those. Uh, I'll actually post those on Twitter for you guys, and we'll share them again on the show. I don't have them in front I of me. I thought Jonas was going to try out. 
Yeah, well, no, that's the open trial. There's still an opportunity. Yeah. Yes. Jonas has a chance. This is for this was a player invitation only tryout. Ah. And we all know Jonas is just right under that line when it comes to all athletic football players. So they're they're waiting for him to pay his money because they didn't want to pay for him to get that tryout. <laughs> no. They they want my hundred dollars. They want that hardcore. Yeah, they want that hundred dollars. So. Uh, yeah, it'll be, I think it's in August, end of August it or is. so. So that's when they're going to have that open tryout. Uh, we'll get some more news for the Gunslingers, but they did have that open tryout. Also, um, I wonder if they have open know. tryouts for the mascot. I wouldn't mind doing that. There you go. Well, bang, apparently bang, Chris wants us up. to bring our guns. So there you go. <laughs> Don't, shoot Don't shoot the mascot. <laughs> Don't shoot the mascot. Don't shoot the mascot. One of the... So- one of the biggest things, you know, that I think is really cool is, um, and I want to give it a shout out because because they're kind of top notch as far as Gunslingers coverage here in town. The Gunslingers podcast, um, mm-hmm. check them out because they were out there at the at the uh, session this last weekend, and they got to interview some players and coaches and and some insiders within the organization. But what's really cool is you heard uh, Rudy, and you can speak to this man because you talked with Coach, yeah. um, and a lot of them they're like. Again, they want to. They want to compete for him um, because of the level that they communicate with them on. You know, when you're when you're trying to make it to that next level and, and keep your career going after you've already phased out of college, or if you you know ended up in just a JUCO program or something like that, and you're chasing every opportunity you can. These kids, you know, they travel across the state, across the country, trying out for every opportunity they can, and. They had a lot of great things to say about Coach, and I know you spoke to him, Rudy. Yeah, he's a very passionate guy, very inspirational guy as well. San Antonio fans, if uh, you have never uh, heard, you know, from Coach Hernandez, he definitely is a person you want to talk to, and he's very fan friendly as well. So, guys, Friday night takeover week five edition this is getting fun we had some issues in the beginning but hey we were able to get it all in that was my in, issue that was my in, internet going out so oh, sorry guys spectrum at&t you can go <laughs> beat me out beep off or whatever for doing maybe that we should show. start our own internet company and charge everybody <laughs> like ten dollars <laughs> yeah so guys if you uh if you haven't already noticed and you want to follow us on twitter twitch and instagram it's at Google sports sa Facebook and YouTube, just go search Friday Night Takeover. We took over your Friday night tonight from 6 to 8. We will be live again next week. I do know the Spurs play, but we are more important than the San Antonio Spurs at this point. So I am putting that out there. Be sure to We're hotter than development. We are. Yeah, we are not in development. We have been developed. So uh, for Rudy Campos Jr., Joe Garcia, Orlando Torres, Jonas Park, this is the Friday Night Takeover, taking over your Friday nights each and every Friday night from 6 to 8 p.m. We will see y'all next week.